Chapter 14 of the Olive Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle. The Olive Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. Chapter 14 The Five Wise Words of the Guru. Once there lived a handsome young man named Ram Singh who, though a favorite with everyone, was unhappy because he had a scold for a stepmother. All day long she went on talking, until the youth was driven so distracted that he determined to go away somewhere and seek his fortune. No sooner had he decided to leave his home than he made his plans, and the very next morning he started off with a few clothes in a wallet and a little money in his pocket. But there was one person in the village to whom he wished to say good-bye, and that was a wise old guru, or teacher, who had taught him much. So he turned his face first of all towards his master's hut, and before the sun was well up, was knocking at his door. The old man received his pupil affectionately, but he was wise in reading faces, and he saw at once that the youth was in trouble. "'My son,' said he, "'what is the matter?' "'Nothing, father,' replied the young man, "'but I have determined to go into the world and seek my fortune.' "'Be advised,' returned the guru and remain in your father's house it is better to have half a loaf at home than to seek a whole one in distant countries but ram singh was in no mood to heed such advice very soon the old man ceased to press him well he said at last if your mind is made up i suppose you must have your way but listen carefully and remember five parting counsels which I will give you, and if you keep these, no evil shall befall you. First, always obey without question the orders of him whose service you enter. Second, never speak harshly or unkindly to anyone. Third, never lie. Fourth, never try to appear the equal of those above you in station. And fifth, wherever you go, if you meet those who read or teach from the holy books, stay and listen, but if for a few minutes, that you may be strengthened in the path of duty. Then Ram Singh started out upon his journey, promising to bear in mind the old man's words. After some days he came to a great city. He had spent all the money which he had at starting, and therefore resolved to look for work however humble it might be. Catching sight of a prosperous-looking merchant standing in front of a shop full of grain of all kinds, Ram Singh went up to him and asked whether he could give him anything to do. The merchant gazed at him so long that the young man began to lose heart. But at length he answered, Yes, of course, there is a place waiting for you. What do you mean? said Ram Singh. Why, replied the other, yesterday our Raja's chief wazir dismissed his body servant and is wanting another. Now, you are just the sort of person that he needs, for you are young and tall and handsome. I advise you to apply there. Thanking the merchant for his advice, the young man set out at once for the wazir's house, and soon managed, thanks to his good looks and appearance, to be engaged as the great man's servant. One day, soon after this, the rajah of the place started on a journey, and the chief wazir accompanied him. With them was an army of servants and attendants, soldiers, muleteers, camel drivers, merchants with grain and stores for man and beast. 
singers to make entertainment by the way, and musicians to accompany them, besides elephants, camels, horses, mules, ponies, donkeys, goats, and carts and wagons of every kind and description, so that it seemed more like a large town on the march than anything else. Thus they traveled for several days, till they entered a country that was like a sea of sand, where the swirling dust floated in clouds, and men and beasts were half choked by it. Towards the close of that day they came to a village, and when the headmen hurried out to salute the Rajah and to pay him their respects, they began, with very long and serious faces, to explain that, whilst they and all that they had were of course at the disposal of the Rajah, the coming of so large a company had nevertheless put them into a dreadful difficulty, because they had never a well nor spring of water in their country, and they had no water to give to drink to such an army of men and beasts. Great fear fell upon the host at the words of the headman, but the Rajah merely told the wazir that he must get water somehow, and that settled the matter so far as he was concerned. The wazir sent off in haste for all the oldest men in the place, and began to question them as to whether there were no wells nearby. They all looked helplessly at each other, and said nothing, but at length one old greybeard replied, Truly, sir wazir, there is, in a mile or two from this village, a well which some former king made hundreds of years ago it is they say great and inexhaustible covered by heavy stonework and with a flight of steps leading down to the water in the very bowels of the earth but no man ever goes near it because it is haunted by evil spirits and it is known that whoso disappears down the well shall never be seen again the wazir stroked his beard and considered a moment, then he turned to Ram Singh, who stood behind his chair. There's a proverb, said he, that no man can be trusted until he has been tried. Go you and get the Rajah and his people water from this well. Then there flashed into Ram Singh's mind the first counsel of the old guru. Always obey without question the orders of him whose service you enter. So he replied at once that he was ready, left to prepare for his adventure two great brazen vessels he fastened to a mule two lesser ones he bound upon his shoulders and thus provided he set out with the old villager for his guide in a short time they came to a spot where some big trees towered above the barren country whilst under their shadow lay the dome of an ancient building this the guide pointed out as well but excused himself from going further as he was an old man and tired and it was already nearly sunset so that he must be returning home so Ram Singh bade him farewell and went on alone with the mule. Arrived at the trees, Ram Singh tied up his beast, lifted the vessels from his shoulder, and, having found an opening of the well, descended by a flight of steps which led down to the darkness. These steps were broad white slabs of alabaster, which gleamed in the shadows as he went lower and lower, and all was very silent. Even the sound of his bare feet upon the pavement seemed to wake an echo in that lowly place and when one of the vessels which he carried slipped and fell on the steps it clanged so loudly that he jumped at the noise still he went on until at last he reached a wide pool of sweet water there he washed his jars with care before he filled them and began to remount the steps with the lighter vessels as the big ones were so heavy he could only take up one at a time suddenly something moved above him and looking up he saw a great giant standing on the stairway in one hand he held clasped to his heart a dreadful looking mass of bones in the other was a lamp 
which cast long shadows about the walls and made him seem even more terrible than he really was what think you o oh mortal said the giant of my fair and lovely wife and he held the light towards the bones in his arms and looked lovingly at them now i must tell you that this poor giant had had a very beautiful wife whom he had loved dearly but when she died her husband refused to believe in her death and always carried her about long after she had become nothing but bones ram singh of course did not know of this for there came to his mind the second wise saying of the guru which forbade him to speak harshly or inconsiderately to others so he replied truly sir i am sure you could find nowhere such another ah what eyes you have cried the delighted giant you at least can see i do not know how often i have slain those who insulted her by saying that she was but dried bones you are a fine young man and i will help you so saying he laid down the bones with great tenderness and snatching up the huge brass vessels he carried them up again and replaced them with such ease that it was all done by the time that ram singh had reached the open air with the smaller ones now said the giant you have pleased me and you may ask of me one favor and whatever you wish i will do it for you perhaps you would like me to show you where lies the buried treasure of the dead kings he added eagerly but ram singh shook his head at the mention of buried wealth the favor that i would ask said he is that you will leave off haunting this well so that men may go in and out and obtain water perhaps the giant expected some favor more difficult to grant for his face brightened and he promised to depart at once and as ram singh went off through the gathering darkness with his precious burden of water he beheld the giant striding away with the bones of his dead wife in his arms great was the wonder and rejoicing in the camp when ram singh returned with the water he never said anything however about his adventure with the giant but merely told the rajah that there was nothing to prevent the well being used and used it was and nobody ever saw any more of the giant the rajah was so pleased with the bearing of ram singh that he ordered the wazir to give the young man to him in exchange for one of his own servants so ram singh became the rajah's attendant and as the days went by the king became more and more delighted with the youth because mindful of the old guru's third counsel he was always honest and spoke the truth he grew in favor rapidly until at last the rajah made him his treasurer and thus he reached a high place in the court and had wealth and power in his hands unluckily the rajah had a brother who was a very bad man and this brother thought that if he could win the young treasurer over to himself he might by this means manage to steal little by little any of the king's treasure which he needed then with plenty of money he could bribe the soldiers and some of the rajah's counsellors had a rebellion dethrone and kill his brother and reign himself instead he was too wary of course to tell rob singh all these wicked plans but he began by flattering him whenever he saw him and at last offered him his daughter in marriage but ram singh remembered the fourth counsel of the old guru never to try to appear the equal of those above him in station therefore he respectfully declined the great honor of marrying a princess of course the prince baffled at the very beginning of his enterprise was furious and determined to work ram singh's ruin and entering the rajah's presence he told him a story about ram singh having spoken insulting words of his sovereign and of his daughter what it was all about nobody knew and as it was not true the wicked prince did not know either but the rajah grew very angry and red in the face and he listened and declared that until the treasurer's head was cut off 
neither he nor the princess nor his brother would eat or drink but added he i do not wish any one to know that this was done by my desire and any one who mentions the subject will be severely punished and with this the prince was forced to be content then the rajah sent for an officer of his guard and told him to take some soldiers and ride at once to a tower which was situated just outside the town and if anyone should come to inquire when the building was going to be finished or ask any other questions about it the officer must chop his head off and bring it to him as for the body that could be buried on the spot the old officer thought these instructions rather odd but it was no business of his so he saluted and went off to do his master's bidding early the next morning the rajah who had not slept all night sent for ram singh and bade him to go to the new hunting tower and ask the people there how it was getting on and when it was going to be finished and to hurry back with the answer away went ram singh upon his errand but on the road as he was passing a little temple on the outskirts of the city he heard someone inside reading aloud and remembering the guru's fifth counsel he just stepped inside and sat down to listen for a minute he did not mean to stay longer but he became so deeply interested in the wisdom of the teacher that he sat and sat and sat while the sun rose higher and higher and higher and in the meantime the wicked prince who dared not disobey the rajah's command was feeling very hungry and as for the princess she was quietly crying in a corner waiting for the news of ram singh's death so that she might eat her breakfast hours passed and stare as he might from the window no messenger could be seen at last the prince could bear it no longer and hastily disguising himself so that no one could recognize him he jumped on a horse and galloped out to the hunting tower where the rajah had told him that the execution was to take place but when he got there there was no execution going on there were only some men engaged in a building and a number of soldiers idly watching them he forgot that he had disguised himself and that no one would know him so riding up he cried out now then you men why are you all idling about here instead of finishing what you came to do when is it to be done at his words the soldiers looked at the commanding officer who was standing a little apart from the rest unperceived by the prince he made a slight sign a sword flashed in the sun and off flew ahead on the ground beneath as part of the prince's disguise had been a thick beard the men did not recognize the dead man as the rajah's brother but they wrapped the head in a cloth and buried the body as their commander had bade them then when this was ended the officer took the cloth and rode off in the direction of the palace meanwhile the rajah had come home from his council to his great surprise found neither head nor brother awaiting him as time passed on he became uneasy and thought that he had better go himself and see what the matter was so ordering his horse he rode off alone it happened that just as the rajah came near to the temple where ram singh still sat the young treasurer hearing the sound of a horse's hoofs looked over his shoulder and saw that the rider was the rajah himself feeling much ashamed of himself for having forgotten his errand he jumped up and hurried out to meet his master who reined up his horse and seemed very surprised as indeed he was to see him at the next moment there arrived the officer of the guard carrying his parcel he saluted the rajah gravely and dismounting laid the bundle on the road and began to undo the wrappings whilst the rajah watched him with wonder and interest when the last string was undone and the head of his brother was displayed to his view the rajah sprang from his horse and caught the soldier by the arm as soon as he could speak he questioned the man as to what had occurred and little by little a dark suspicion darted through him and that briefly telling the soldier that he had done well the rajah drew ram singh to one side and in a few minutes learned from him how in attending to the guru's counsel he had delayed to do the king's message in the end the rajah found from some papers the proofs of his dead brother's treachery and ram singh established his innocence and integrity he continued to serve the rajah for many years with unswerving fidelity and married a maiden of his own rank in life with whom he lived happily 
dying at last honored and loved by all men sons were born to him and in time to them also he taught the five wise sayings of the old guru a punjabi story end of chapter fourteen